All right, let's get started in the Word today. I want to take you to two scriptures. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, the book of Genesis, for our first scripture, then uh, Genesis chapter 2, then we're going to be reading from John, St. John chapter 20. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed unto his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I don't know about you, uh, but my forefather didn't fall out of a tree. Hallelujah. Amen. Nor did he crawl up on the beach from out of the bottom of the ocean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man become a living soul. Now we're going to go to John chapter 20 in the New Testament, verses 21 through 23. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father, uh, as uh, peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you retain, they are remitted retained. Father, as we come today, we thank you and praise you for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that has come out today. We pray for those that are sick. They are. We do have some that are sick that's not here. We pray for them today. Now, God, speak to us through your word, and I ask God that once we leave here today, we'll all leave with a greater appreciation for your spirit and what it means for us in this day and age that we live in Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God, it is great to have Brandon and Sarah out with us today. Amen. I guess he figured he came yesterday to the picnic and he survived the pastor's hamburgers, so he better go to church and show us thankfulness. See, Brother, Brother Paul says... Brother, uh, the pastor nukes them burgers when he cooks them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But uh, <laughs> we uh, praise the Lord. But it, seriously, it's good to have uh, you and everyone with us today. I want to speak to you on a subject title, and God spoke to the, me this yesterday in a powerful way. The second breath of God. Hallelujah. 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 The second breath of God. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Some of you know where I'm coming from already. Hallelujah. Today, as we've already said, is a celebration and joy as we recognize and commemorate the birthday of the church, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. You see, it has been 50 days now since the 
celebrated Passover and Easter when Jesus was crucified and gloriously resurrected on the third day afterward. And by the way, that's really all cost means. It means 50th. That's what it means. <coughs> Jesus Christ appeared to his disciples and walked among them for 40 days after his resurrection before he was taken back up into heaven. And he did that so everyone would know, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm alive. I was done. He that, that was dead but now liveth and I'm going to be alive forevermore. Mm. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay f uh, footed on the ground to preach or not. It's already building up. Hallelujah. Now, as he appeared to him and he walked with them those 40 days, he explained the mission to them that they was going to carry the message of his death, burial, and resurrection around the world to every nation. But before they were to launch out on their caravan of the gospel, he told them to go back to Jerusalem. You see, they was there on top of the hillside outside Jerusalem when they watched him rise up and go back to heaven. And he told them before he went up, he says, I want you to return to Jerusalem first and wait until the promise of the Father comes. Now this was the promise that was given to them, not only by Jesus, but by John the Baptist when he was preaching and baptizing in the river of Jordan, uh, a few years from that time. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, we find the famous words. Hallelujah. But I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. My now the disciples went back to the upper room and that's where they had eaten the last supper with Jesus that night before the crucifixion. <coughs> they went back to that upper room and the Bible lets us know that there was about 140 of them. And they were there in expectation and prayer for 10 days when suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind. And it was the breath of God blowing upon the disciples as the church of Jesus Christ was born. It was the second breath of God. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that second breath of God. Glory to God. There's a lot of people, amen, who has experienced the first breath, amen, when they were born into this world. 
but it's that second breath coming into you that you need that will forever change you. It will not only change you, but it will change your destiny and where you will go. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm glad. Hallelujah. I'm thankful since you sung the song, Breathe on me. That's the second breath of God. And every man, woman, boy, and girl needs to have that breath of God on them. Mm. Let me let me explain something to you. The Holy Ghost is not just a doctrine in the church. The Holy Ghost is an experience. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost allows you to connect with something other than this world. I don't know about you, but I get sick and tired with all this stuff in the world that gets connected to me. All this junk going on in the world that they, they, they like leeches, you know. You can go out some places, uh, amen, and maybe go through some stagnated water, and you come out and you got them old leeches all over you. Blood suckers they are, hallelujah. Uh, this whole world is full of blood suckers. Can somebody say amen? Uh, it comes from Washington, uh, amen, it comes from everywhere, uh, amen. But I uh, thank God, uh, hallelujah, for that second breath of God, my God, uh, hallelujah. Uh, that renews, hallelujah. Oh, I feel that breath right now. I'm going to talk a little bit about God's first breath. Hallelujah. The first breath. God's first breath. We read Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. We'll read it again, Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord formed man of the ground and breathed into his the breath of life, and man became a living soul. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe everything in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of something greater. I believe everything you read in the Old Covenant, amen, points to something what God really intends for you to have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, the God that we know and serve, he possesses Hundreds of glorious attributes and qualities which makes him the God of mercy, grace, and love that he is. Hallelujah. And one of the first qualities that defines God, hallelujah, one of the first qualities that defines our God is that God is all about life. Hallelujah. I said God is all about life. The darkness of this world don't want to bring you nothing but death. Hallelujah. But the God we know and love and serve is all about life. It's one of his qualities. Hallelujah. Amen. It makes him who that he is. Hallelujah. Amen. He's about life. God loves life. God gives life. 
and God is life. Can somebody say amen? I remember in John chapter 1 and verse 4, talking about the birth of Christ, it said in him was life, and the life was the light of man. Hallelujah. Oh, oh glory to God. You know, the sad thing is, there's a world full of people out there, amen, who think they know what life is about. They think they know how to live. But you know what? You don't know nothing about life. You don't know how to live until you get the breath of God in you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, oh, let me tell you, Go on out. Oh, we had a party yesterday, didn't we? But didn't nobody wake up with a hangover over this morning? Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. The world out there says that's life. Truth. You tell me what is life about you with your head hung over a toilet the next morning after I drinking all night. That's not life. That's not life. The world don't know nothing about life. God is all about life. God loves life. God gives life. He is life. In him is life. And the life is the light of man. Glory to God. In the beginning, <coughs> on the sixth day of creation, God formed man, who was Adam, from the dust of the earth. There he lay upon the ground. Think about this now. Bear with me. God formed Adam out of the dust. And there he laid upon the ground with all the necessary essentials to make him a human being. But he was laying there, he was cold, he was lifeless, and he was only a form of a man. Hallelujah. Glory. But then something wonderful and miraculous occurred. The God of glory, follow me now. The God of glory, he stooped down. I said the God of glory stooped. Every year I go through a CPR and first aid class. And they got have these dummies laying on the floor. And we, we get down and we, we practice doing CPR. I've been doing that now for 16 or 17 years. I find it's kind of hard for me to get back up and what it used to be, but anyway. Amen. And you have to get down and, and uh, to get over it, amen, to, to do what you need to do. And I was thinking about that. Like one of those uh, dummies that we used to, uh, to practice CPR on. That's the way Adam was. When, when God formed him, Brother Paul, he had all the qualities to be a human being. But he still, he was cold, his body cold. Lifeless, hallelujah. Glory to God. But then, God above stooped down. He got down. He, he got down to Adam's level. Oh, my, my, yeah. 
Oh, we're going to take that further in just a minute here. Hallelujah. Amen. He stooped down. Glory to God. Amen. To this lifeless form of a man. And he breathed. Glory to God. That was the first breath of God. As he breathed, Adam's eyes began to twitch. His mouth began to stammer. Oh, hallelujah. my, my, my. God as God breathed in Adam I could see an eye begin to twitch his, his lips begin to stammer and then he set up to view all the creation of God which awaited him <coughs> you see God had created everything else first because he had it there ready and waiting for Adam. Everything around was created for Adam. All the beauty of God's creation. Let me tell you something today, church. I have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things that God's got prepared. Let me tell you something. There's a whole universe, there's a whole world of things that God's got prepared for you. Hallelujah. That the only way you can experience it is when you get a hold of that second breath of God. Woo, hallelujah. Before Adam could set up, amen, enjoy the Garden of Eden and everything God gave him, he had to experience that first breath. Oh, my, 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 my. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I never would have dreamt in a thousand years some of the things that this lowly, hunk of clay has been able to experience since I received that second breath of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All of the things God created for Adam, he, he couldn't experience them until he received that breath. And God has got wonders for everybody. I look upon especially the young people that we have here. Amen. We got some talented youth and we got some talented people. And when I look back and compare just to what a little God has brought me through, amen, what I've experienced. My, the things that God has got for you once you experienced that second breath of God. Hallelujah. It's already created ahead of time for you. When you experience that second breath and he stoops down and he gets on your level, you can't climb his level. I watched two or three weeks ago. They brought that biggest tall ladder up. And even with that tallest ladder, Douglas there couldn't reach 
that one spotlight in the center there, he just, just was a little too much for him. But, and now watch this. Randall got that thing. He climbed up there and went up there. He got it and changed it out. None of us is able to climb high enough on our own to reach. <laughs> Brother Wayne, all the glory that God has got in store for you. So you know what he does? Hallelujah, Brother Brandon. Because I couldn't reach up to him, he stooped down to me. through the storms of my life that's been there in the midnight hour that's been there in the wee hours of the morning that's been there when I couldn't see nobody else that's why you want to know why Jesus can hallelujah said he would never leave you nor forsake you the reason why is because he breathes into you he don't leave when you walk out those doors brother Bobby when you walk out those doors and you get in your automobile you got the breath of God in you it don't never leave it don't never leave my 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 God stooped down and he began to breathe oh hallelujah somebody give God a praise right now <laughs> science tells us on average that a healthy man will breathe Anywhere between 15 and 20 times per minute. Of course, if he's, if he's running or exerting a lot of energy, it will, it will be more. But on average, we would take about 15 or 20 breaths a minute. But listen to me. When man breathes, he inhales... And he exhales, allowing, when he breathes in, he inhales, he allows oxygen to enter his body. When he exhales, he puts out carbon dioxide, passes that stuff back out once the qualities have been taken from it. But nothing special or miraculous occurs when man breathes, come on, 
We all breathe so many times a minute. But nothing miraculous happens when you breathe. <laughs> Glory to God. It's just a process that goes with our life. But look at, look at your neighbor and say, but when God breathes. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm really... I'm really doing the wrong thing. Staying around here, pastoring y'all folks. I ought to be out there doing what Benny Hinn does. According to what Sister Darlene tells me about how bad my breath is, I could be knocking over a whole lot of folks. <laughs> Glory. Hey. It's a wonder anybody's left standing between his breath and his coat. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even God's got a sense of humor, I guess. Praise God. Hallelujah. But when I breathe, nothing happens. When you breathe, nothing happens. But when God breathes, life proceeds. <laughs> Glory to God. When God breathes, inanimate objects are quickened and begin to move by the power and authority of his breath. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Adam became a living soul when God breathed his first breath into his lungs. And now, now, because God breathed, Adam could now, he could see, he could think, he could feel, and he could walk side by side with fellowship and harmony with God in the cool of the day. <laughs> wow. And enjoy all the goodness, peace, and tranquility of life in the garden of God. I've got to hurry on. Then, the power of life for Adam and all those who came after him was abated. That's the next thing that I want to share with you. The power of life abated. What happened? Now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you read one chapter, two chapters, three chapters. But Adam lived in the garden with Eve for a long time before the fall. We don't know how long. We know that Adam lived to be over 900 years old. Adam and Eve could have been in the garden a couple hundred years before the fall. It just didn't. They was created and put it in there, and they went and took it, the forbidden fruit right off the bat. The first few chapters of Genesis covers several hundred years. We understand and we know that. Uh, so we don't know how long Adam, but everything was good. Before the fall, there was no need, there was no need for an Drug drugstore. There was no need for Rite Aid. There was no doctor's offices. Hallelujah. 
Nobody had a cough. Nobody had a sniffle. No sickness, no problems, no nothing, no kind. It's exactly the way God will have the new earth to be once it's all brought back. Hallelujah. But something happened that disrupted all of that. The power of life being breathed in Adam was abated. Why was that? Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Let's read it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, there's another message right there, and, and I can't get on it, but Eve never got the commandment to not eat of the forbidden fruit. The commandment was given to Adam. And if you go back and look at your scripture real good, their eyes was not open unto Adam ate. The Bible says when they ate the fruit, their eyes was open, but their eyes wasn't open to Adam ate. There's another message right there. Speaks to us today. Should speak to the men of this assembly. Where God has placed you. Now I'm, I'm going to have to scold some of my men. A while ago we had a pretty good little worship time. But unfortunately it was the sisters that was out in the middle of the aisle worshiping God first. And I what Brother Flannery told us. And the reason why he told us, because it is in the Word. I preached it myself. God chose man to always take the lead. While we're getting around all upset over Washington, and I, I, I seen, I seen one, one guy made a post on Facebook. He says, I tell you what. He said, uh, my children done grown. He said, but if I'm ever out in public and one of my little precious granddaughters goes in, in a public restroom and I see one of them crazy guys walking in after, he said, there's going to be a second man in that bathroom and World War III is going to occur. And I know where he's coming from. It'd be about the same thing for me if I was out in public somewhere and, 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 and I knew one of my granddaughters went, went in the restroom and I seen one of them jokers fall her in there. I guarantee you this old boy would be in in a heartbeat. Jesus said, if you know what hour the thief is going to come in, you're going to be prepared. There's nothing wrong with you protecting your own. One time, and, and all this conflict and all this stuff about whether it's right or wrong for people to have weapons and whatever, Jesus asked the disciples one time, he said, do you have a sword? I preached a message on this, by the way. And, and he, he said, sell your coat and buy one. Now, I'm not saying you put your... Now, some people put all of their trust in what they can do with their weapons. We need to put our trust in God. Yes. But any, anyway... If we get all upset about what's going on, maybe us men should start stepping out and taking better lead in worshiping God 
and doing what we need to do within our families and our churches, and it could slow down a lot of this junk that's going on in the world. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The power of life was abated. Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 70, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat free, uh, freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. You see, man lived in the garden and enjoyed all the goodness and blessings of life with communion and fellowship with his God. No sickness, as I said, no death, no evil to occur or threaten them. Then abruptly, in a flash, it all ended. Adam experienced death. Come on, somebody. Now, Adam wasn't buried. He didn't stop breathing. But he experienced the loss of life because he disobeyed God's word. And God being true to his word, Adam died. And his spirit was powerless. And all communion with God was gone. What man received in that first breath was stolen by the enemy. Man fell into darkness and despair, losing not only his home, but the peace, happiness, and health of a fellowship with God. Then finally he ended up in the grave with a body God created going back to the dust of the earth. You know what? I am... I'm going to put this on hold till this evening. And you're going to have to be here tonight to hear this powerful conclusion of the second breath. Has anybody here ever had the wind knocked out of you? That's not too good. As a kid, years ago, Shelby Park, I wasn't but in the first or second grade. We wouldn't, we were back then, the world was a different place. We could go down, we could go out to the park anytime, take our family in, anywhere you want. Those days are just about over. I'm glad we found something hid away yesterday. That, that was a beautiful place. But we went down to the park there, Chevy Park, and um, sometimes my parents would just go get a big old watermelon to side uh, and, and put it on a cooler for a couple in a cooler for a couple hours, and we'd the whole family would just go down to the park and cut watermelon, eat watermelon, just just enjoy ourselves. And you didn't have nobody sitting around doing this. We had a good time anyway. Hallelujah. But we was there, and I, I was playing, and they had a big, tall slide there in that play area. And I, I was up at the top of that, and I don't, I don't know how in the world or what, but, but I went over the top, 
and I and I fell up hit and I hit the ground flat on it knocked all the wind out of me. And there I was gasping, trying to get get a breath, and I it, everybody come to me and you know and everything. It took several minutes for me to get back to normal. When you get the wind knocked out of you, it's not a comfortable feeling. When Adam disobeyed God, all mankind got the wind knocked out of them. We went into darkness. We went into despair. I believe that's why when the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost, I believe that's why God sent it in like a rushing mighty wind. He, God always knows what your greatest need is. And he knew that we had the wind knocked out of us. So God had to let that wind blow. God had to let that wind blow. I want everybody to stand right now.